It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back here again for another episode of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to the show. You can also make sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where right now, because it's Thursday, right now, I need you to get your questions in for tomorrow's weekly Friday mailbag that we're doing here throughout the rest of the preseason. And Today is also the final day of training camp, but don't worry, we're continuing to do this the rest of the preseason on Friday, and then maybe even in the season. I'm not really quite sure how I'm going to go break things down throughout the whole week, but we will figure it out, but we're going to continue to do that throughout the next couple Fridays, so please get your questions in with tweeting at me, at Julian Council, or following me there at Julian Council. You can also DM me, so just, you know, just do it. On today's show, Matt Rule broke down joint practice day one with the Baltimore Ravens and a little bit of issues on the offensive side of ball that we'll get into. Also, some updates on some guys who returned to camp and some thoughts on Sam Darnold as Scott Fitterer gave us some more insight on why they brought him here to Carolina. And speaking of Scott Fitterer, first time that we've heard from him since move-in day down in Spartanburg on the campus of Wofford College prior to training camp. And he sounds like a guy who's actually enjoyed the team being down there. And Matt Rule said the same. So hopefully they will return next season as the new facility is not expected to be open and ready until 2023. And that's the earliest. It might not be ready then. So hopefully they'll be back down there at Wofford for another day. Of course, the big news coming out of training camp on Tuesday was the decision to trade Greg Little, the former second round draft pick out of Ole Miss, to the Miami Dolphins in exchange for a seventh round pick in the upcoming 2022 draft. Scott Fitter would talk about what went into the decision to trade Greg Little. Greg's a great you know, young man, just talking to him. He was excited. You know, some people just need a change of scenery sometimes. And um, I think it's going to be good for Greg. You know, we got something in return. And, you know, Chris uh, Greer is a good friend of mine. I've been talking to him on and off, you know, for the last probably month and a half, two months about several different things. They had some injuries they called yesterday. And it really all happened fairly quickly. But uh, I I felt the time was right. You know, I knew where Greg stood on our team. He's a really talented young man. Uh, but I thought he'll, he'll have a great opportunity in Miami, and we wish him well. I agree with him. It's the right thing for all parties involved. Greg Little obviously has talent. It just never materialized here in Carolina, whether it was the past regime where Marty Herney drafted him and Ron Rivera or with this regime here with Matt Rule and Scott Fitterer. Wish him all the best down there in Miami. Now, Scott Fitterer also got a question about position groups and if he's looking to add from any of them. You look at the offensive line and there are certainly questions about the depth that we saw that came up in the question on Sunday. You no longer have Greg Little. There's been some guys who have been injured, guys who have been cut. 
I wonder if maybe that's one of the position groups that he is interested in adding to. Scott Fitter talked about what groups he's looking to potentially add to. Like we're really looking at all of them. Uh, always the offensive line, our depth on the offensive line, our depth at linebackers. You know, basically injuries force a lot of different things that you want to um, take a look at different players. And we've been bringing players through. It was safety early on. Right now we have a lot of numbers of safety and we have a lot of good young guys that it's going to be hard to move on from, which is a good thing. Uh, but once we get through the game, there might be other positions. But right now, it's really just building our depth. We kind of know who our frontline guys are, but just upgrading that, you know, kind of that 25 to 53. Not surprising at all that he'd bring up the offensive line. Every team across the NFL is looking for good linemen, especially tackles. One position group, though, I really think that he needs to look at is linebacker. I've talked about the concern that I have. Denzel Perryman. Finally, for the first time in 15 days, was back in pads for the Carolina Panthers, but he only was able to do individual drills and likely is not going to play on Saturday. I'm not even sure he's still listed as a starter, just considering the fact that he has not been available and has been dealing with a soft tissue injury. I don't see Matt Rule, Scott Fitter, and you know the whole coaching staff putting him out there on Saturday night at Bank of America Stadium. But the concern really for Denzel Perryman is a concern that we had coming in. I've said that when Denzel Perryman is healthy, he has been a solid run stopper, something that the other 52 from last year, Tahir Whitehead, was not able to do. But the problem is, is he going to be available? Denzel Perryman has never played 16 games in an entire season. And if he plays 16 games, that would be the first time, and it also wouldn't be the, the full season as they're now going to 17 games in 2021. Shaq Thompson, he's been banged up earlier in camp. He's back. Jermaine Carter Jr. has a massive opportunity, and right now it looks like he's taken over that starting spot from Denzel Perryman. They've gotten guys like Clay Johnston and Julian Stanford back. But you really can't expect to rely on them once the regular season comes around. Josh Bynes had a career year in terms of tackles last year for the Cincinnati Bengals. Then again, just a week ago, he was out on the street and he wasn't signed. Jonathan Celestin didn't look bad on Sunday. But is he really the top backup option? One of the top backup options at linebacker for the Carolina Panthers? I'm going to continue to say it. KJ Wright, the NFL is doing their top 100. He's still a free agent as of this recording. And hopefully as of you still listening. Because I want him on the roster. Or if he's not still a free agent, hopefully Scott Fitter has signed him. It's just that is a position that needs to be addressed. Seriously. Is if we have the situation that's gone on the last couple of weeks with training camp that happens during the season, the Carolina Panthers defense is going to be in big trouble at the linebacker spot, and that's going to help hurt them from being able to stop the run, something the Carolina Panthers haven't been able to do the last couple of seasons. Now, another position group that people are probably thinking maybe might get attention depending on how things play out the rest of the preseason is quarterback. I think P.J. Walker certainly has taking a hold of the number two spot, that there's always going to be the conversation of should the Carolina Panthers bring in a veteran, especially with P.J. Walker still young, developing developing quarterback, and then Sam Darnold have the track record of not being healthy through a 16-game season and also just the overall issues he's had as a starter in this league. Scott Fitter talked about whether he's looked at a veteran backup and how he feels about the current quarterbacks on the roster in P.J. Walker and Will Greer. I think right now it's been picked over pretty good. Uh, I was excited about PJ when he came in the game, running around, making plays. Uh, he created a lot uh, of really opportunities downfield with his feet. Uh, the one thing I'd like to see him do more is maybe finish with the throw. Um, but he's really kind of an exciting young guy to, to watch, and I like that style of play. It reminds me a little bit of Russell and some of the guys that uh, can create opportunities on their own with their feet. 
Uh, Will, we'll see a little bit more with maybe, you know, a different group this week. I thought he'd done some things really well in camp. But uh, overall, I mean, we're going to keep an eye on uh, all quarterbacks around the league. But we kind of like where we're at right now with P.J. and Will. Are you more confident in P.J. now than you were three, four months ago now that you've had a chance to see him in some of these situations? Yeah, actually, that's accurate. Uh, once I saw him in a game situation, stepping up, making plays, kind of seeing things downfield, keeping his eyes downfield, uh, that was good. That was, you know, some, sometimes he has a little bit of a tough time in the pocket, seeing over the middle, uh, but his ability to move and slide and keep his eyes downfield and make the big play, that, I like that. The big question I have in terms of veteran backup is when you look up in Chicago, Justin Fields obviously is going to be on the roster. Andy Dalton, he said on Wednesday, it's my time. Justin Fields is going to be a great player one day, but it's my time. Okay, Andy, we will uh, certainly see if that's going to be the case. The odd man out in the number three quarterback is Nick Foles. Are the Bears going to hang on to Nick Foles? He has an albatross contract that no team out there wants to trade for right now. Chicago did it last year as they tried to find competition and really a replacement for Mitch Trubisky. And as we've seen, that did not work out as Nick Foles lost his job and now is the number three quarterback. And they just drafted another quarterback, Justin Fields, this past spring. Is Foles going to be available? If he is, I can't imagine Chicago is going to want to keep around three guys unless they just don't want to eat the dead money with Nick Foles' contract. So we'll have to monitor that situation. Now, the guy that the Carolina Panthers took in the first round, of course, eighth overall, the first defensive player off the board, J.C. Horn. We've yet to see him play in a game for the Carolina Panthers. He's itching to get out there. Scott Fitter talked about what he's seen from J.C. Horn thus far. He's got that alpha mentality. I think you guys saw that out there today. He was right in the middle of everything. He's, he's vocal. He's tough. And a lot of guys can be vocal and not back it up. J.C.'s the guy that backs it up. He's the real deal when it comes to that. And that's more the attitude and the toughness that – we want our team to be identified with, and we need more guys like him. If we can have the conversation, I'm sure we're going to have the conversation throughout the years about the decision to draft J.C. Horn instead of taking a quarterback in Justin Fields and Mac Jones. We'll get into that conversation a little bit here um, in a moment. But the mentality aspect of that, the alpha dog, that is what they're trying to bring here to Carolina exactly like what he was talking about there with J.C. Horn. So if he's able to establish the kind of identity that this coaching staff wants to establish, he turns out to be a good player, can you really blame them for wanting to bring him here? You can always question whether it was the right decision, of course, especially the quarterback position doesn't pan out. But can you blame them if he turns out to be the exact kind of player and attitude that they want to have here on this roster? And, you know, another position that the Carolina Panthers are needing to address and trying to figure out is the left tackle position. And Scott Fitter was asked about that on that left tackle situation with Cam Irving, Taylor Moulton, and the rest of the roster. I think that actually Cam's done pretty well on that left side. Um, you know, you, you see him, I think the zone scheme really helps him out. I mean, he doesn't have to move a lot of guys. He's got the length and the foot quickness. And he's, you know, watching these guys – He's gone against some really good guys against the Colts today against the Ravens, and he's he's held his own, done a great job out there. So I think we feel good about him, and Taylor has done a nice job on the right side. If we have to put him on the left, he looks like he's getting more comfortable with his footwork. So there's some, there's some options there. Scott Fitter would mention later on that whenever he talks to GMs across the league that they're all looking for tackles and edge rushers. And that's not necessarily something that should make you feel any better about the situation here. There's a plethora of edge rushers here in Carolina, which – Makes you think that, hey, is there any way that maybe they could trade a couple of those guys? Maybe Packers and Marquise Haynes and a Etor Grossmatos and go find an actual left tackle? 
that would be something that I'd be interested in. I don't know if that's going to work in terms of those those two guys. But Haynes had four sacks last year. Seems like he's going to be a solid player again this season. And Gross Matos is a former is a second round pick just last year. I'm not trying to give up on him. I'm just saying, you know, teams are looking for tackles and edge rushers, and there might be a team that has a tackle. It doesn't have an edge rusher. Maybe Scott Fitterer, who says he's in on every deal, can make that happen. So those are some of the comments that Scott Fitterer had to say on Wednesday following training camp and also the day after the first roster cut down going from 90 to 85 players. There was something else that stood out to me that Scott Fitterer said on Wednesday, and it was about the quarterback Sam Darnold and the decision to bring him here. He offered a little bit of light to that, and you look around the rest of the preseason and how some of those rookie quarterbacks have performed. I'm interested just in how a lot of you feel right now, so we'll get into that in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand or warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. I'm talking about your smartphone, folks. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The first week of the NFL preseason was all about the rookie quarterbacks and their debuts. Everyone was tuned in Thursday night to see Mac Jones as he's going up against Cam Newton, a former quarterback here in Carolina, trying to usurp the throne there in New England and be the next Tom Brady, potentially, for Bill Belichick. Of course, that is going to be a tall task for Mac Jones, but he was amazing last year for Alabama, throwing to the Heisman Trophy winner, Devontae Smith, who's now up there with the Philadelphia Eagles. They talked about that. There was also the debut of Justin Fields, on Saturday afternoon in Chicago that had a lot of people here looking up north and wondering, man, maybe did we make the wrong decision? And that's not really the first day that people have made that thought about Justin Fields. But both of those guys looking fairly solid. Trey Lance had his moments. Trevor Lawrence had his moments. The rookie quarterbacks, they were the story of week one of the preseason. And it's going to be interesting to see how things play out here in Carolina as we bring our attention down here to Sam Darnold. And it's not going to be a conversation that we're going to have for the last time. As you know, if you listen to the show, we've talked a lot about Sam Darnold. We've talked a lot about that decision. I had said 
back when the Panthers traded for Sam Darnold that I did not see them uh, drafting a quarterback there at number eight. Never made a lot of sense to me because if they wanted one of these quarterbacks, they probably would have done what San Francisco did to trade up and get Trey Lance. Or they would have realized, just looking at what other teams needed, that they could have sat there right at eight and taken a quarterback, which is how things actually played out with those two aforementioned quarterbacks, Justin Fields and Mac Jones. We haven't heard a ton from Scott Fitterer on the decision since they decided to make the trade back in April. He was asked about it on Wednesday, why he thinks Sam Darnold will be different from some of the top picks that have failed in their first stop and then again have gone on to fail in their second stop. I think you see some guys, other guys like Tannehill that do. Um, you know, I think it's just the, the offense that they're in sometimes, the, the players that are around them, the coaching they receive. And I think Sam uh, is going to benefit from a reset. Uh, he's got a really good coaching staff around him with Sean Ryan and uh, Joe Brady. They're just kind of building the, the basics. They've had a reset and, like I said before, flush what he's what he's seen. And uh, we're going to build from there. I don't disagree with anything Scott Fitterer said in terms of a better situation and looking at the offenses that some of these guys had to deal with. Now, I will just say this, though. The continued comparison with Ryan Tannehill is something that kind of frustrates me when people try to talk about why Sam Darnold will be better in Carolina. I absolutely believe like he'll be better because of Christian McCaffrey and Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, Dan Arnold, Terrace Marshall, everything that's around him, Joe Brady, of course, and just the stability the Panthers have compared to what the Jets have. And yeah, the Panthers aren't a necessarily a winning franchise currently. They're a building franchise, but they're in a better situation than where the New York Jets have been for the last decade. And the Jets are also a team that can never seem to find a franchise quarterback. And when they do think they have one, they don't set them up for success. And that was the issue that Sam Darnold had. Now, when it comes to Ryan Tannehill, though, we really have to stop acting like Ryan Tannehill was a complete bum in Miami. And then all of a sudden, he became great in Tennessee. Ryan Tannehill was good enough in Miami to earn a second contract. Sam Darnold was not good enough in New York under a regime that did not draft him, which is important context. But either way, after a year of evaluation and a new head coach, he did not show enough to where Joe Douglas and Robert Sala wanted to keep him around and potentially pick up his fifth-year option or even give him an extension. Ryan Tannehill was given an extension before Gase even got to town. In year one with Adam Gase, he had his highest passer rating of his career to that point. Now he's definitely had higher ones the last two seasons in Tennessee, but to that point, his highest passer rate in his career, the year where they went to the playoffs and he was eight and five as a starter since QB wins is a stat to a lot of us. Highest passer rating, 93.5 at that point in time. He got injured. He got injured again in Trampton next, next year. Then he came back his second, his third year under Gaze, but his second year really under Gaze and struggled. And they both ended up leaving town. But in two years as a starter under Adam Gase, Ryan Tannehill completed 65.9% of his passes, 36 touchdowns, 21 interceptions, and had a 93.2 passer rating. By comparison, Sam Darnold completed 60% of his passes for 28 touchdowns, 24 interceptions, had a 79.1 passer rating. Over the first three years of his career, he had the lowest passer rating of all starting quarterbacks in the National Football League, all that were eligible. He was bad in New York, and there were reasons why he was bad in New York. But Ryan Tannehill wasn't bad. He might have been average and just okay. He obviously wasn't good or great in Miami, but he wasn't a complete bum who all of a sudden saw the light. Sam Darnold, for plenty of reasons we've gone over just now and before in the last couple months, was really bad. 
So I just don't really understand why we keep trying to say because of Adam Gase. Like, yes, I agree. Adam Gase, I don't know how the hell this guy was able to get a second head coaching job. I don't know why anyone in the world would ever want him around their football team, their quarterback, or anyone. It, the man is a horrible NFL head coach. Bless his heart. He sucks at his job. But let's not blame everything that happened to Sam Darnold on Adam Gase. Because Adam Gase wasn't there year one when Todd Bowles was a lame duck head coach. And Sam Darnold stunk there and threw a pick six in his first career pass. You know, they say in baseball, at the first at-bat, you can really tell how your season's going to go. If you want to apply that to Sam Darnold's career, that first throw, you can really tell how his career is going to go. And up to this point, it's been a bad career. And I'm not trying to poo-poo on Sam Darnold. I'm just throwing out the facts and just the comparison and trying to tell y'all that we got to stop with the Ryan Tannehill comparison. We can talk all day about what they have here weapons-wise. And the offensive line should be better than the one he had in New York. Although there were plenty of questions. And head coach Matt Rule, I think, is a, obviously, I think, obviously he's a better head coach than Adam Gase. Is he going to be a playoff coach? We'll wait and see. I think he will. Scott Federer seems to have his head on straight. He is a smart, shrewd businessman when it comes to being a GM. I like what I've seen from Scott Federer. There are questions about Joe Brady, but I like Joe Brady. I like the stability here in Carolina and obviously compared to what he had in New York. But can we stop with the Ryan Tannehill comparisons? I will say this, though. It will be very interesting to me. And one thing that also came to light when they asked Scott Federer about bringing Sam Donald here was that Matt Rule was the first one to go say, hey, you think Sam Darnold might be able ever be available? Started looking at the tape. They went up there and talked to Joe Douglas, the Jets GM, and of course they brought him here. Matt Rule also, with the help of Evan Cooper and of course bringing in Joe Brady, they were instrumental in bringing Teddy Bridgewater here last season. You can try and put that on Marty all you want. Maybe Marty handled the contract, but I don't know. That was a terrible decision. We knew it then. Uh, obviously, it's come to light now as it looks like Teddy's not even going to win a job in Denver. Drew Locke's going to beat him out. But that was a disaster to make that decision. And now his second year, he's going out to get Sam Darnold, who, by all statistics, has been far worse than Teddy Bridgewater in his career. And yes, the situation, I know, I know, but he's still been bad and hasn't really shown you a ton of signs. I'm just very interested to see how David Tepper will react if things go poorly here this season. Considering that David Tepper does not strike me and a lot of people as a guy who is willing to be patient to watch a rookie quarterback develop over the course of possibly three seasons. Let's say if all things go well, and I think the majority of rookie quarterbacks, or at least I think the where you should look at it is, if we can get a guy like a Josh Allen where he can get us to playoffs one year, but he's not really that kind of game breaker, and we can build around him, he can get to his third year and become a great quarterback. And then as you've seen, he got a massive contract. That should be how most teams are looking at things. No one should expect every quarterback to be like Deshaun Watson who steps onto the scene and is amazing immediately. Patrick Mahomes even sat out his first year before going in his first year as a starter and being the league MVP. And not every quarterback is going to be Patrick Mahomes. Not every quarterback is going to be Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson or all those kind of guys. Obviously, that's what you want here in Carolina. I just wonder, if things go sideways again here with a Matt Rule decision at quarterback, how does David Tepper react I'm not saying he's going to fire him after this year because this is going to if because if they are so bad that if like Darnold's terrible and like they still win like seven or eight games, which would be hard to do. But if they still win seven or eight games and show improvement in every other area. Like it's obviously the quarterback position, but like if they are like a three win team, then there's more issues on this roster than just the quarterback. Obviously, I'm just very curious to see how David Tepper, who does not strike me as a very patient man will react if Sam Darnold comes out here and doesn't play well. And you can look at the fifth-year option that they picked up for him and say that this is probably more of a two-year project. 
I just am not that confident to say that after we saw a guy who signed for three years, $60 million go out the door after one single season. People are going to continue to compare the situations up there with Justin Fields and maybe more people do with Mac Jones, particularly with Cam up there and people still paying attention to what's going on with his career in New England. I am just really interested to see the guy upstairs and how he reacts to everything. All right, day one of joint practices was on Wednesday. Day two going on today. Matt Rule spoke to the media after practice on what he saw in the one position group, the wide receivers, not really helping out the quarterback I just talked about. And how did the quarterback also look? And a few updates on some guys who were injured and are now back at practice. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, the NFL preseason. Get your bets in. Speaking of Cam Newton and Patriots, they are playing tonight against the Eagles. So if you guys are crazy and want to bet on that, you can do that at Bet Online. You can also bet on college football week zero starting next Saturday. And you can also bet on your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news. Sign up bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'll continue to say that I believe Sam Darnold is going to be a lot better here in Carolina. Now, he can only get a lot better based on what we've seen the last couple of years. I like what they have around him. I understand the plan. I don't necessarily agree with the plan. I would have rather have gone out there and potentially, I guess, drafted a quarterback. Even though I spent a lot of time talking about just a left tackle. I was cool bringing back Teddy Bridgewater for another year, even though that was not going to inspire much confidence from really anybody, and I'm fine with him being gone, obviously. Sam Darnold being here in Carolina has made this offseason far more interesting just with the the hope and just wanting to wait and see what he's going to look like. And I hope he plays on Saturday so we finally get a look at him, although Saturday's not going to give us a ton of, of information in terms of how he has progressed. You have to wait until week one with New York Jets and even throughout the rest of the 17 weeks of this 2021 Carolina Panthers season. I am excited to watch him play. And I know people think I hate Sam Donald. I don't. I just present the stats and I look at what he's done in his career. It's just really hard for me to like believe that he's going to be good enough to the point where he can bring a Lombardi trophy here to Carolina. And that's the point, right? It's not just about getting a quarterback. It's about getting a quarterback who can hoist Lombardi in Uptown Charlotte. That's when I, I want a parade, and I don't think he's a guy who can bring a parade to Charlotte. He doesn't have to do it all on his own, which I've been saying is if he's going to have success, he needs to lean on the guys around him and not try and force things and to play within the offense. I just don't believe that he is someone who can bring a Super Bowl to Carolina. And if I if I don't believe that, and a lot of if people, if you don't believe that, I'm sure that they're hoping that's going to happen. But if you don't believe a quarterback on your team can bring you a Super Bowl, then why would you want that quarterback on your team? That's just my point right there. It's as simple as that for me. So I hope he plays well. Obviously, it's going to make this podcast a lot more 
fun and watching this team a lot more fun if he's good and he does turn around it'd be a great story for him to become the nfl comeback player of the year and maybe it was just gase's fault and it wasn't all sam darnold i don't know i'm not saying it was all either one of those guys i'm just saying that i'm highly skeptical that things are going to work out but i'm going to move on and talk about matt rule and what he had what he saw from day one of joint practices as today is going to be day two with the baltimore ravens a playoff team and a team that the carolina panthers really wanted to stack themselves against like last week with the indianapolis colts they'll play them on saturday night in preseason game number two and the first game where people have been able to really go to the panther stadium at a full capacity now i don't know if all of you guys are going to go because it's preseason but still it's really cool to have a lot of fans in there at bank of america stadium on saturday night but matt rule he was not necessarily the happiest camper when it came to joint practices, but he did see some good things on the offensive side of the ball. But I thought, you know, going against that Ravens defense, that vaunted front, I thought we held our own run on the football, protected well. Uh, weren't very good getting open and catching the football today, but in terms of the other things, um, physicality, what they did and the blitz package, I thought, you know, for the first day without watching the tape, I thought it was, you know, about what we wanted. Line held up well, running game, and the quarterback. Joe Person of The Athletic, who was down in Spartanburg on Wednesday, tried to chart some of Sam Darnold's throws. He said he had him at 19 of 36 in team and on seven-on-seven drills. But he also mentioned there were several drop passes, and some of those were also misfires. So let's say maybe Sam Darnold had people caught the ball. Might have been about 63, 64%. I don't know. That's that's a guess. He's just above 50% of that 19 of 36 and really the progress of Sam Darnold is what's really important and Matt Rule had a lot of nice things to say about Sam Darnold the progress that he's made so far through training camp I'd say everywhere to be honest with you I think he's protecting himself well he's making the right checks he takes responsibility when something's wrong he's protecting the football I mean to me every day that we come out here and he doesn't know he's he's obviously not getting hit but every day he comes out here and he doesn't turn the ball over throw a silly you know you're gonna throw some interceptions to football right but every day we don't throw a silly hey I'm gonna try to make a play interception that's a day and a positive for me and then uh Making some big throws. I mean, he put balls in guys' hands down the sidelines. I mean, they got to catch it. So uh, uh, that's his job. I'm mean, worried about him just doing his job. And, you know, those other guys, they, they have to do theirs. That's exactly what you want to hear from Matt Rule. He hasn't said really any negative things. And that's smart, though. It's like, okay, Sam Darnold's coming out here. He's completing passes. He's gaining understanding of the offense. Seems to have good continuity with his wide receivers. He's not throwing interceptions. And it is just practice. But he's not going out here and taking wild chances and turning the ball over. And as long as he's not turning the ball over in practice, Probably, hopefully, he won't turn the ball over in games. And interceptions are going to happen. That's what I want to hear. So I'm very happy to hear that when it comes to Sam Darnold. Also happy to hear that Dennis Daly, who was out all last week because of personal reasons, he returned to the practice field on Wednesday. And he was getting first-team snaps at left guard. Pat Elfline currently listed as a starting left guard. And Dennis Daly, maybe he's a part of that top five for the Carolina Panthers. Injuries are what held him back last season. He had the ankle injury at the beginning of training camp that really stopped him from getting that starting guard spot. And he came in, started a couple games his rookie year. He had to start left tackle. He started guard. He played all over the offensive line. He's been a solid pick for the Carolina Panthers. And if he's healthy, I think he actually might be among the top offensive linemen on his team. And it might work out better for the Carolina Panthers if he does get to start at left guard. Now, Pat Elfline, you signed him. But the way his contract works out, Pat Elfline is going to be here again next season. They're, the Carolina Panthers don't really get much out of cutting him this offseason. I think he's going to get a shot to be the starting center for the Panthers, depending on you know how the draft works out and how free agency and, and what they think. You look at it now, if Dennis Yaley can get some continuity there at left guard, and then maybe Pat Elfline's better at center, and you got Taylor Moten, of course, signed again. You might only be needing, and then, I mean, Cam Irving's contract also is going to have a left tackle. Maybe he has a renaissance here in Carolina. Your offensive line could be set. Now, it's still really up in the air, and we'll see. 
I just think that's positive news to see that Dennis Daly is getting to compete at left guard and at least set himself up. And I guess we can even throw Brady Christensen in there next year at that right guard spot. So maybe the Panthers offensive line is going to get some sort of continuity here moving through the future. Glad to see Dennis Daly back. I still know Rodney Smith and Reggie Bonifant at running back. At this point, Chuba Hubbard is going to be the number two running back, and I have no idea who that third guy is going to be. Uh, Bonifant. He had injuries last season, injured again. Ronnie Smith showed some signs towards him last season. I just don't know really how, what way to lean with either one of those guys, considering that they've both been injured for the bulk of camp. Someone who's been injured for the bulk of camp is also Denzel Pyramid, who I mentioned earlier. He returned for the first time in 15 days, back and pass, but limited. Robbie Anderson dealing with a hamstring issue, was not available at practice. And Keith Kirkwood, another wide receiver, who took that vicious hit a couple weeks ago uh, with the guy who was eventually cut, JT Ebay. He was limited, but still working his way back from the hit from a couple weeks ago. So we'll see if he gets back out there. Keith Kirkwood really needs to be able to play on Saturday night if he wants to make this roster. And the Panthers made some more cuts where they were down to 84 players. They've added an 85th player. They'll get down to 80 next Tuesday. They signed defensive tackle Walter Palmore. He was in camp with the Seattle Seahawks this preseason. There you go. The Seattle Seahawks connection right there. And was on the Cowboys practice squad last year. He was in camp with the Texans in 2020 as an undrafted rookie from Mizzou. He also played with the Houston Roughnecks in the XFL, where his Panther teammate now, backup quarterback P.J. Walker, was tearing up the league. So there you go. Panthers up to 85 guys as they say farewell to Spartanburg here in 2021. Training camp coming to an end today on Thursday. Hopefully, with the facility not ready in Rock Hill, they'll be back for one final year down in the Sparkle City. Matt Rule, Scott Fitterer had glowing things to say about Spartanburg. And for all the folks there in the upstate are huge Panther fans. That's the only time they get to see the team play. I hope for your sake that you guys are able to do that. I hope for the sake of people here, in Charlotte and other parts of the Carolinas who like driving down there, just for the nostalgia of it, get another opportunity to go see them. I don't think there's anything like just going out to training camp. I know they're going to have like hotel rooms and that kind of deal down in um, Rock Hill. I'm not really sure they're going to make them stay there, but it's just it's different to go down to a small college campus and hang out there and just be getting get away from your family. I really love what they've done down there. But I understand David Tepper never wants me at a disadvantage. And, well, he has all the money in the world to prevent that from happening in terms of facilities, and he's doing that with the palatial facilities building there in Rock Hill, South Carolina. That wraps up another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever you listen to the show. Follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. Right now, I'm going to need you to tweet at me or DM me. DMs are open, but don't get crazy. Your questions for our weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. Doing that every Friday until the start of the season. So please get your questions in now as I'm going to answer them all throughout the show tomorrow. As always, I love you guys. I appreciate you. And I will talk to you and answer your questions tomorrow. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.